Welcome back to the Katie Halper Show. We're here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on WBAI.org 99.5 FM with, as usual, Reggie Johnson and Gabe Pacheco. And now we are tuning back in to talk to two new guests we have live in studio. This is really exciting. It's a it's an a live, all girls, all live show tonight. That's exciting. Um, girls, girls, girls. Uh, Anna Day is a journalist whose work can be found in Daily Beast, the New York Times, among other places. And she's written from Syria and Palestine and Israel and Caroline Motoresi Tarani, who is a host at HuffPost Live and who writes for the Financial Times and the Independent, as in the British one, not the New York City Independent, which we love, of course, but they're slightly different. I think their budgets are a little bit different. Um, so ladies, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having, Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, I wanted you both to talk about your kind of your recent um, investigations and writings and um, interviews and and the the crisis that's happening in syria and people are talking about refugees people are talking about migrants what's the difference what should be done um obviously the united states is being criticized for not uh planning to admit enough people from syria anna we'll start with you tell us about what you you found when during your time there and also now that you've been back have you encountered a lot of opposition to to supporting people from that part of the world and what do you think it's due to you know what's been exciting is I found particularly in the recent month when the media has really latched on to these images of uh, the refugee crisis in Europe that there's been an outpouring of uh, of people power and people support for uh, bringing in more refugees in the United States. I think it's really come into our consciousness that the U.S. isn't doing enough finally. So I've seen an outpouring of support from people all over the country who, who are now questioning, well, of course we can do more. Uh, so... I'm excited about that, but I think it's the U.S. government and European governments that need to get out of the way. So there are people willing to host refugees. Let's get creative on that. Ah, interesting. So you're saying it's not even about uh, the government doing something officially. If the government just stepped out of the way, civil like people, civilians, people power, they would just be able to host people? In Germany, there's an exciting new initiative that a friend of mine just reported on uh, for uh, IB Times. And the initiative is, uh, it's like a Airbnb Tinder for refugees. And they, it's citizens who want to let young, or yet Syrian, Syrians live in their homes. I mean, if we can speed up the uh, migration process to the United States and approving these refugees to come over, there's plenty of people in the U.S. who would like to host, uh, host uh, these kind of refugees as well. So like a small government approach to this, like sort of a very libertarian way of just like outsourcing Rand this to the... Rand Paulian, <laughs> you wrote down on your note card, right? Yeah, I did. Listen, all I'm I saying did. with this is at, <laughs> I wouldn't usually take that approach. I wish the U.S. was doing right. far more in the region and had shown some leadership on this. It's just they have monumentally screwed up in any of in all of their engagement with Syria. So that this point, if they're going to continue to be a barrier to right. people who want to do the right thing... Then, yeah, get out of the way. Right. Mm, Move, yeah. U.S., get out the way. <laughs> get out the way. Come on, Gabe, sing it. So, but, uh, okay, so you're saying there's the collective will. 
more there's more collective will than we're we're acknowledging what i don't do you... know well okay so the, the the counter to that i suppose yeah. is that absolutely there is that collective will we interviewed somebody uh on half first live last week uh who's in germany and is doing just that you know opening up his house and and other people opening up their houses as well to refugees which i think is wonderful it's an excellent thing and it really does show that despite the you know serious lack of humanity that we've been seeing over the last really few months that there are you know sort of these beacons of light of humanity that are still around which is extremely heartening however there is pushback and there are pushback in certain countries that are really on the gateways to where these refugees are going which is end goal has been Germany for obvious reasons. Angela Merkel has really stepped up, uh, which has been really wonderful to see. She said, look, we're going to accept not only our share of a quota, but more than and our share of a quota. And why is that, by the way? Well, I think that, A, she's a very smart woman. Um, I think that she actually, you know, with her finance background, knows that rather than seeing refugees as a drain on society, that you have to be smart and forward thinking. They're a resource. You know, refugees are an absolute resource. There was a fantastic piece in the New York Times yesterday, and forgive me, I forget the writer's name, but he was talking about the economics of immigration and uh, the refugee crisis. I should stress they're two different things, and that's something probably we'll chat about in a bit, but, you know, this idea of immigration kind of being conflated with the refugee crisis. But David Cameron, as an example in the UK, had stressed when he came into power that he was going to cut on net immigration, you know, that we're going to be closing our borders, this isn't a free-for-all, sponges state, blah, 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 the same kind of tired, hackneyed narrative we've heard. However, actually, in the long run, 2050, you're going to see a percentage decrease in wages at about 3.3% if you do that because we know that migrants and refugees and immigrants quite frankly actually are a boost to an economy long run they are a boost to and that's why you've got countries like serbia who are saying we actually want to welcome refugees please come to our country because we've had such a brain drain after the balkan crisis that you know we need bodies we need smart people Mm -hmm. and of course that really gets to the point and anna i think raises this always excellently which is who are these refugees at the end of the day they are not leeches on society they're doctors engineers they are middle class people they are people like you and me and they just want to have a chance yeah they're the ones with the uh with the drive and the gumption to get out and so uh they are going to be um creating more industry and uh, more business opportunities in the country so if we just let government get out of the way Gabe, I I was like what is happening to Gabe this is literally the first time this has happened to me on this show I don't know what (laughs) what what happens like you're you're like being the libertarian spirit has entered you (laughs) I don't know if you're being devil's advocate or if you're actually converting right in front of our eyes yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say who do you have here Gabe? I wouldn't expect it I know I got a uh Paul, he's a long-lost Paul. No, I just really, you know, we talk about immigration issues in the United States often, and it's um, the conservatives and the Republicans that talk more about how the immigrants' immigration is an issue, and they're somehow a challenge to uh, the the fabric of the United States, sort of our uh, cultural identity and our economic policies. And here I'm hearing that these immigrants who are moving to uh, the Balkans and then also to Germany are, in fact, going to be a boon to... um, to the economies there so it's refreshing to hear well even here that. like people pay into social security without undocumented workers pay into social security and don't get the benefits from it so there's this myth that they're leeches as you say um as you call them no just kidding <laughs> as you call people you call out people for calling them um but what's interesting is that even you know Lynn, so Mark Martin O'Malley, who's running, wants to get the Democratic nomination, right? Is pushing. Is he still in there? Is he still in I the think race? so. 
Yes, and HuffPost Live has to have him on. Um, he's, like, he's like one of those Game of Thrones characters that's definitely not going to be the king. Like he's, but he's lovable, but we love him. <laughs> but maybe he moves, he moves the kingdom to the what? Instead of to the left, to the magical? I don't know. I don't watch the show, so I can't make the, the, the terrible the terrible joke. But um, what's interesting is that you have someone like Lindsey Graham saying we have to let people in. Mm. If not, we have to take down the Statue of Liberty. Maybe you and Lindsey Graham switched. Is that what happened? Hello. Gabe Pacheco wow. and Lindsey Graham, I think, had like a... Transfusion or something like um, like like that Dudley Moore Kurt Cameron movie where like they switch identities. Oh yeah, which one is that? Isn't that like every 1980s movie ever? I thought it was John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Wasn't that? One? Oh, that's Ooh, Face, Face Off. off. Yeah. And then there's um, then there's a uh, Big. Oh no, he just grows up in that one. But there are lots of Freaky Friday <laughs> derivatives. <laughs> what Parent Trap? Yeah. yeah. And then there's the Turner and Hooch and Canine. Speaking of twin movies that are the same thing, this with is like Cop yeah. and his dog. Anyway. My entire childhood. Or yes. look who's talking one, two, and maybe three. I'm yeah. not sure. Okay. Look who's talking infinity. Um, so, but what's interesting, and then I, even on Reason, which is a libertarian website, Reason.com has an article. This is why America should take more Syrian refugees, and it's basically this Colin Powell, you broke it, you fix it, right? Type of idea, which mm. is that look, we destabilize that area, we help create ISIS. I saw whatever the, their social media handle is at the mm -hmm, moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> they're very good on social media. Yeah. Um, great production value. Great production value. <laughs> terrible yeah. content. Terrible content. Terrible messaging. I mean, good messaging. Terrible message. Um, but we help create them, so mm. we need to help the people flee them. I mean, there is this. You don't. Yeah, you know. and I mean, there's a little. You know, it's interesting that that's the argument on reason. Um, I should point out my husband works at Reason, so oh, I have wow, to I have I to push it. Put no, always, put always looking at Gabe with those batting your eyelashes. I, I know a, I, she has a, a libertarian <laughs> fetish. I can't help it; it's the inner socialist in me. I'm, I'm a self-hating socialist, exactly, clearly. Yeah. It's the forbidden um, fruit. I it have is, it too. It is. You know, we've talked about this. Um, this is an aside. <laughs> Hang on, though. But to the matter of hand, um, you know, it's interesting that the libertarians would make that argument about the sort of you know, you you fix it. You you've got to you've got to make mens because right. I can see them sort of putting forward that economic argument. The economic argument to me is something that's extremely libertarian. Um, the, the sort of like mea culpa thing, it's fascinating that that's something that they're sort of advocating and, and putting forward. Like a radical self-accountability. Like, you know, we're responsible, so let's own up to it. Yeah, like almost like a very Catholic thing. I can imagine mm. like a very yeah. confession thing. I'm so sorry, I ate the cupcake and right. I'm now going to bake you more Ayn cupcakes. Ayn Rand is yeah. like turning in her non-grave. In her, in her, I don't know what she did with herself, but she doesn't believe it. Like an urn? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> she's spinning in her urn. Yeah, she's spinning in her urn. Uh, um, but, you know, it goes back to what Anna was saying, doesn't it, about the fact that, you know, we can do more. I read something about, you know, the number, just to kind of put it in perspective, the big house, I don't know if anyone is a college football fan, but the big house in Michigan holds around 130,000 people. We're not even taking a fraction of that number of refugees in the United States. Just think about that. Next time we hear about the refugee numbers and think, wow, that sounds like, you know, if you've got family around the Thanksgiving table or whatever, they're like, oh, we can't have any more of them refugees. Right. Just just remind them that, like, by the way, I think that's how all Americans speak. Right, we do. Um, but, <laughs> Especially Jews. It's, well, of course. <laughs> um, but I think that that's what you've got to say to them is like, you know, the big house, you know, that Michigan, right. like, gorgeous stadium thing. Right. Like, that's 130,000 people. There's not nothing like that is, right. is coming into this country, is coming into the United kingdom you could probably combine the two and it's just woeful and what about the new the election the you know the victory in england that just happened the socialist victory if you will can you just in our last few minutes tell us about that and what effect that's going to have on do you think that's going to have an effect on this the interesting thing so jeremy just for those oh, yes. who don't know so uh the 
leader of the opposition used to be Ed Miliband, and he got trounced, really, in the last elections. It wasn't, I mean, you know, he just got beaten by David Cameron, who is the current Prime Minister of the UK. And Jeremy Corbyn's platform really was just one of this sort of weird radical transparency and i say weird because in politics transparency in politics is kind of anathema um but you know so he basically won by a landslide and has now got this unique position where every wednesday we have something called prime minister's questions in the uk which is where the two leaders of respective parties basically go toe to toe with one another well, today he did something really radical, which is that he said, I'm going to be reading nothing but questions from people I've crowdsourced. And I'm going to be putting questions to you. Sorry, I just dropped my phone. Uh, but I mean, going to be putting questions to you from the people themselves, because this whole system that we have in the UK at the moment has just become like a pantomime. Mm. And we're now going to put the questions and the concerns of the people to you. And I think you know, one of the interesting things about it was emailed him and said they wanted to ask a question about mental health in the UK. Wow. That's a huge That's number. mental. That's men- mental, isn't it? As, um, but, well, yeah, on refugees, you. I think it's important to stress that he's been pushing this and he said that David Cameron's response has been wholly inappropriate and oh, inadequate. Nice. That's mental also. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Come back. Uh, Anna Day, Caroline Madarasi Tehrani, and come back, talk to us more about Syria. I want to hear about Iran from you, Caroline, uh, and Syria from you, Anna. And uh, this is the Katie Helper Show. Join us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. I'm here with Reggie Johnson and Gabe Pacheco. And you can check us out at WBAI 99.5 FM, WBAI.org, and on iTunes and SoundCloud. See you next week.